Good morning. morning. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. It is a gorgeous day. Um, For any of you who are out of state coming into California, our weather is like this all the time. (laughs) As compared to Washington. As compared to Washington. Brian just got back from Washington State, pouring rain and misty. So uh, we know that this is the best weather. So as we gather together here today, may we take a moment to stand as we join together in our hymn of celebration number 451, verses 1 and 3, Be Thou My Vision. For this we do rejoice and give thanks. As we join together, may we continue to share and celebrate the many blessings that you've given for the gift of weddings and anniversaries, for the joy of infants and toddlers and baptism, for family coming from far and near, joined together on this day. We give you thanks and praise that we can be blessed and touched by a wonderful message that Jeff delivers as well the beautiful message of the Melody Makers and all that they have given their time, their energy. God, we ask you to hear our joys and our praise that we lift in our voices and in our hearts. And in so doing, we too lift up the things that weigh upon our hearts, the sadness and the hurts that we bear, the times of worry and of doubt, the hardships that we sometimes face, But we know that even in all of these times and all of these ways that you are still ever present, ever walking with us. And for this we do rejoice and delight, for we find our delight in you. So gracious God, as we offer our prayers to you now, may we take but a moment of silence to be still before you, to feel your spirit move. Holy Lord, we give you thanks yet again as we lift up not only our voices in song, our hearts in praise, 
But two, our prayers in unison with one another and those who've offered their prayers this day the world over as we pray the prayer that your son Jesus the Christ taught, that together we too might pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. time may the ushers come forward to receive this morning's gifts tithes and offerings
God, we give you thanks and praise as we offer to you our gifts, tithes, and offerings. May you bless and multiply these, our gifts, as we be faithful to use them for the ministry of your church. Through Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Thank you. <laughs> Ladies will all have to start wearing hats again, right? <laughs> Listen and receive a reading from the Word of God. May we affirm our faith and joy and a willing spirit as we hear the scripture from Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5, and John 13, 34 through 35. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is God's word to God's people. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Good Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the reading of your word. We ask now that the word become more than words spoken or words heard, but words that find their way deep into our souls and through us become the living word, just as your son Jesus Christ was the living God and through whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I'd like to briefly give you an update on my journey as you and my family have been involved and in participating and supporting and praying for me, of which without, I wouldn't make it to this point where I am. Um, yesterday, I submitted my final two papers in seminary. So, so unless those are rejected, uh, May 12th, I graduate and that chapter is closed. So thank you, I, I couldn't have done that without you. Also, as you heard earlier, uh, our daughter Tori is, is getting married next Saturday and an extra special element of that, this baptism reminds me of, Gary will be performing the wedding ceremony uh, as he also was the one that baptized Tori as a little baby too. Did she scream as much as... She did not scream, but Brian wasn't there. So we're good. <laughs> Last chance I get before you leave, man. <laughs> also, I am humbled that on a day I get to deliver a message on love, that there is a children's musical that perfectly illustrates and communicates and allows you to experience a true sense of love through their precious voices and actions, and that's just awesome. So thank you. And I did take the liberty to preach on love today because Tori and Casey were present at the nine o'clock and they had to stay, they couldn't leave, they had to listen. <laughs> and so, um, here we go. I think we certainly could all agree that love is important 
in marriage. But I, would, I believe that love is actually the most important element in the world. And one that we as believers must understand comes from God's grace through the Holy Spirit that is within us. And I appreciate there's a gentleman named Robert Rohr that he puts it when he wrote, love is not something that you do. Love is someone you are. But have you really ever taken the moment to think about love? Because it's amazing if you think about it, how many different ways we use the word or how we define the word or what we believe are the true characteristics of the word. Do you remember those little love is cartoons? How about the love shack, the love bug, the love machine, love American style, love story, love will keep us together, silly love songs, love and marriage, love yourself, love at first sight, true love, sweet love, free love, tough love, where's the love? Made with love, never-ending love, crazy love, labor of love, love always. Love stinks, love hurts, love makes the world go around. Looking for love in all the wrong places. All I need is love, and I love you. Thank you, Boyd. But cut that out, we're on a timeline here. According to Merriam-Webster, the definition of love is strong affection for another arising out of a kinship or a personal tie, affection and or tenderness felt by lovers, affection based on admiration or common interests, and lastly, a score of zero in a tennis match, which does this sermon no good, so we're not even going to go there. (laughs) And I'm not sure about you, but this definition, this earthly definition of love seems shallow to me. And I think one of the main reasons is because after reflecting on this, it's, it's come to me that more often than not, I see love revealing itself in a self-serving manner that looks at what might be found or gotten out of a relationship rather than what one might have to offer. This worldview of love is frequently one where it will not give love unless there is a benefit to the giver. Francis Chan writes, their love of others is typically focused on those who love them in return, like family, friends, and other people they know. There is little love left over for those who cannot love them back. Their love is highly conditional, very selective, and generally comes with strings attached. Or I would suggest perhaps we could just simply ask ourselves, what is the price tag of our love? It should also be understood that love is often confused with two other very powerful emotions, passion and happiness. And of course, neither of these are bad in of themselves and we all want to experience them, but we must understand that they are a temporary state. And the degree of these emotions, like others, vary and change based on external influences. Something as simple, perhaps, as the temperature, the time of day, the lack of sleep, our mood. You name it, we've all used them, we've all heard them, right? So what I'd like to dive into right now is biblical love. 
St. Paul compares faith, hope, and love and concludes that the greatest of these is love. You see, it is only... Say it again, David. Amen. There you go. You see, it is only by knowing God, God's essence, God's word, and God's grace that we can even begin and hope to understand how great God's love is. From Genesis to Revelation, the witness of God's word is that God is a personal God who desires to have a personal relationship with every one of us. This witness is carried out through the actions and the central theme of the Bible as a self-revelation of God's love. God is steadfast, immovable, and available to all through his grace. Paul Netter writes, God gives saving grace to every single human being. Otherwise, God really doesn't love every single human being. And our Old Testament scripture this morning shares with us the mandate of loving God as this is the only way we can begin to live in ways that align our thoughts and actions with God's plan because it is impossible for us to love others as directed in our New Testament scripture until we are able to love God with all of our heart, soul, and strength. 1 John 4.16 reads, God is love and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And because God is love, he's not willing that any person should perish, but wills that everyone repent and live. God is our source of love. And this love, once accepted, then awakens us and allows us to be the ambassadors by whom God's love is spread throughout the world. Scott Jones writes, it is the love of God that initiates God's mission. And whatever part human beings play in that mission has the character of participation in something larger than themselves. St. Paul writes that the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Are we living as though faith demonstrated through love really is the only thing that matters? And this is what Jesus' great commandment is. Love your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. You see, wherever people truly love God by loving their neighbor as themselves, there the reign of God is taking shape and becomes apparent. And Jesus, the perfect example of love of neighbor, because his love of neighbor included everyone as his neighbor, and especially those neighbors who have been taken advantage of, marginalized, or are suffering the violence of poverty. The loving of our neighbor requires more from us than just doing good. This kind of love incorporates respect, a willingness to listen, a willingness to learn, and an offering of affirmation. We are to be the Good Samaritans. Take care of the least, the lost, and the last. Simply, we are called to love all, and we are called to serve all. Chan writes, people who are obsessed with Jesus give freely and openly without censure. The people love those who hate them 
and who, cannot, who can never love them back. And in confidence, all of us have been given the strength and the hope to share Christ's love because of God's love that has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives amongst us and in us in order to make known the work of Christ and to empower God's people to live as disciples and participants in his activity in the world. John clearly identifies this love responsibility. He writes, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. You see, we are called to respond to people in an active means of love. God is love. Love always implies a communion between persons. And that is what we see supremely in the triune God. The Father loves the Son in the communion of the Spirit. The Son loves the Father in the communion of the Spirit. The Spirit is the bond of communion between the Father and the Son and between God and ourselves. The Spirit is God giving God's self in love. And by God's grace, his wonderful purposes of communion, we become co-lovers, participating together in the very life of God and his love for the world. Our own John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, believed this and spoke often about the actions of love through faith. He believed that the goal of the Christian life is to be so filled with love that all of one's intentional actions are motiva motivated by the love of God and love of neighbor. To truly love others, we must respect them, affirm them, listen to them, advocate for them, and be ready to learn, for them, learn from them. Otherwise, this act of love just becomes a look-at-me act of patronizing kindness. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 7 is called the love discourse. Let me read that for you. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move a mountain, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Verse 4 on, this is the real meat. So if you have a Bible, open it up or take your phone out and Google it. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. And earlier, Casey and Troy were sitting right there and I was just... <laughs> love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. <laughs> it keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. So let's unwrap that real quickly. Love is patient. It is controlled, unwavering, bearing pains, trials, and adversity without complaint or strain. 
Love is kind. It is sympathetic, considerate, gentle, willing. Love is not jealous. It does not participate in rivalry. It is not hostile towards another who appears to have an advantage. It is not suspicious. Rather, it works for the good of another. Love does not brag, does not flaunt itself. Rather, it builds others up. Love is not arrogant. Love does not become unbecomingly. It conforms to what is right, fitting, and appropriate in order to glorify God. Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. It, doesn't, it is not incited to outbursts of anger. Love does not hold a grudge. It forgives and chooses not to bring up past wrongs. It does not return evil for evil, and it does not indulge in self-pity. Love rejects, re <laughs> yeah. well, when you hear the rest of that, you're going to find that funny. Love rejoices in the truth. <laughs> it is joyful when the truth is known. Love here bears all things. It is tolerant, enduring, and understands that God delivers spiritual growth through difficult circumstances. Love hopes in all things. Love endures in all things. And that may be one of the hardest ones. And lastly, love never fails. It never crumbles. It doesn't collapse or disappear under pressure of difficulties. I'll share with you a little exercise that I learned from Francis Chan. We're going to repeat verses four on back. If you have it in front of you, you can. But this time, every time the word love appears, I'm going to replace it with my name, Jeff. And you could do the same, but you wouldn't say Jeff. You'd say your name, right? Okay. Here we go. Jeff is patient. Jeff is kind. Jeff does not envy. Jeff does not boast. Jeff is not proud. Jeff does not dishonor others. Jeff is not self-seeking. Jeff is not easily, easily angered. I stumble over that. Jeff keeps no record of wrongs. Jeff does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Jeff always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And as Francis would say, by the end, don't you feel like a liar? We are meant to represent what love is. Then we often fail to love people well. Guilty. But that can't exclude us or stop us from continuing to grow to the point where someday we can love without cause or expectations as Jesus did. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Loved ones, I've learned that it simply comes down to this understanding. God does not decide to love. God's love is not determined by worthiness or unworthiness. God is love. And therefore, God cannot not love 
because love is the very nature of God's being. And so it is with this understanding and our hearts filled with the presence of God's love that we, in obedient response, share this love with all of God's children, regardless of what they look like, talk like, smell like, act like, or have to offer. Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you with our heads humbly bowed, grateful for your mercy, love, grace. I ask now that everyone here sense your presence through that Holy Spirit, recognize the call on our lives, and then with the strength and the confidence, be able to act upon that, bringing Christ's love to all those we encounter. And may we be reminded in all that we do that it is in your glory and for your glory. Amen. Dreams of tomorrow. Everybody dreams of what they would like to be someday. Don't you, Jacob? Well, of course I do, Christina. But sometimes I wonder if I'm dreaming the right dream. You know, especially when things don't turn out exactly as I planned. Then you would like to know what wise King Solomon once said. In our hearts, we make our plans. But the Lord determines our steps. If we ask him, he traces the path for us even if it seems to us like it's going in the wrong direction. You mean God sometimes fulfilled dreams we didn't even know we had? That's right. But I don't understand. How do we know what to dream then? Listen, Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God first above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Oh, so it starts with seeking him first? Dreaming for his glory and not our own? That's it, Jacob. Well, I never thought about asking God what his plan dreams were for me. I just assumed if I made a plan, God would bless it. Christina, do you think God has a plan for me? And if I ask him, will he lead me? Yes, he will. God, do I dare ask you to dream for me? Can our dreams lead us to you?
on a hilltop, dreaming of what they might become.
was carried to a carpenter shop. tree was carried to a dockyard.
years passed. And then, one day, into the barn, where the first tree was now a feed box for animals, there stepped a young man and a young woman. And late in the night of a winter's day, in the quiet of the barn, where the first tree lay, the woman and the man found a place in the light. And the woman had her firstborn child that night. Thank you. 
We want to thank our Melody Makers today for this wonderful presentation about the love of God. I want to thank Jeff for sharing that message that brought us to this place to understand what the wonderful blessing of God is. And I want to say a very special word of thanks to our director, Donna Young. Donna, God bless. Thank Jane Chapman, our pianist. We want to thank uh, Tim Bond for all that great percussion. All of our staging with Susanna Judd Newkirk. And for our, our costuming for Jennifer Allison. And once more. <laughs> to our children. you stand. Reach out, grab the hand of another. As we just heard, <laughs> Jeremiah 29 11 reminds us, for I know the plans I have for you. So let us go with confidence out in that world to depart, to serve, to be that flavor changing salt. It is through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.